Next on BYU Sports Nation, the early signing period rolls on, but who benefits the most? The players, the coaches, or someone else? BYU football heads to the Hawaiian Islands. Would a win there make 2019 the best season in the Satake era? And Jonathan Tavernari stops by to talk BYU hoops. Can the Cougars sustain both their shooting and their stellar defense? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Tanner Mangum. What's up, everybody? BYU Sports Nation is live. We are your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Thursday, December 19th. Man, where's the month gone? Thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who, like me, was left behind while everyone else goes to Hawaii, Tanner Mangum. You know what? To quote my favorite movie, Home Alone, favorite Christmas movie, who wants to spend Christmas in a tropical place anyway? (laughs) Exactly. At least we have a warm studio, some Christmas lights. Warm is relative. This room can get fairly (laughs) cold. It's not as cold as it is outside, but look, let's be honest. Okay, would we rather be in Hawaii? Well, of course we would. But you know what? Somebody's got to hold down the fort. That's our job. That's our job. We're doing our job. We are doing our job. Look, Spencer went out a couple of days early uh, to call some women's basketball. So Spencer's been gone for a couple of days. And then this morning, in fact, they may be on a plane right now somewhere between Salt Lake City and Seattle. Uh, Ben Bagley, Jerem Jordan, they may be watching this show on the plane right now as we speak. Uh, But they're on their way to Hawaii. And and BYU Sports Nation is going to be live from Honolulu tomorrow. So uh, big, big day. Uh, but yeah, we, we got left behind, but we're not bitter, are we? Oh, no, not at all. No, no, no. We're grateful. We are, yes. We're thankful grateful. for At for this the time of year, for, for being grateful and, and thankful for things, we are grateful for the opportunity to be with you, BYU Sports Nation. Coming up on today's show, we got lots for you. We talked about early signing period yesterday in college football. Who benefits the most from the early signing period. We'll talk about that coming up uh, in just a second in trending. Jonathan Tavernari, JT for three, former Cougar, talks BYU basketball. And whether or not the defense or the unbelievable perimeter shooting is more sustainable, we'll talk with JT coming up in uh, in the B block in a little bit. And Spencer Linton, before he took off for the Islands, previews the bowl game with BYU running back Lopini Katoa. But right now, let's get today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Head coach Kalani Satake began announcing BYU's 2020 recruiting class yesterday. Now, the Cougars added 13 players during day one of the early signing period from five states and the District of Columbia. BYU signed four additional players after we went off the air yesterday. So, Tui Tulai, Alex Muti, Isaiah Tupo, and Josh Larson were added to the list after we went off the air. And BYU football isn't the only team in Hawaii right now. Women's basketball in the Maui Invitational beat San Jose State 75-56 last night. Cougars are now 5-4 this season. And tonight I have a challenge taking on number 4 Oregon State at 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 Pacific on the BYU Radio and BYU Cougars app. That's right. Spencer Linton had the call last night. You'll hear Spencer on the call tonight as uh, Jeff Judkins uh, inches closer to a coaching milestone with the BYU Cougars. BYU ranked fourth in the Learfield IMG College Directors Cup after a fifth-place finish in soccer. 
second place finish in women's cross country and a first place finish in men's cross country. If you were curious, Stanford, Michigan, and Virginia were the three schools ranked ahead of BYU. That's big time. All around consistency across the board from all the sports. And tonight, two Cougar legends taking uh, going head-to-head on the hardwood. Jimmer Fredette and Elijah Bryant will meet on the court tonight as, as Panathinaikos hosts Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah, this is... Uh, Who you got? Who you got in that matchup? Look, I uh, I am going to go... I, I can't go against the Jimmer. Now, I love me <laughs> some Elijah Bryant, but look, I like... The Jimmer. He's the Jimmer. I can't, I can't. And you have Rick Patino praising his defense. Yes. Everybody which... wanted to rip Jimmer's defense. And now his coach is praising his defense. I think that I think that may be uh, I think that may be the difference. We'll give Panathinaikos the edge. Yeah, we're gonna give Panathinaikos the edge. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, as we mentioned just moments ago, yesterday was day one of three for college football teams to sign players during the early signing period. BYU officially signed 13 players with several others coming in as mid-year additions. Now, the the early signing period is a relatively new thing uh, that was added just a couple of seasons ago. Tanner, who do you think benefits most from the early signing period? Well, to me, it's the players. Because when you think about this, and BYU already has a unique recruiting situation because a lot of these guys are mission-first guys. They're not even going to be playing on the, uh, on, on the field for another you know, two, three years. But the fact that they can sign now, come in early, uh, and a lot of guys will leave on their missions you know, right away, and then they can get back and have plenty of time to get in shape for the season. Yeah. For me... I got back in, in June of 2015, just three months before the season, and it would have been nice to have a few extra months to get ready. I, I, I was out of shape. Um, you know, I, I made it work. I was going to say, yeah, I you made it, I made it, made it work. I, I did the best I could. But <laughs> That's an understatement. But there's, there's a lot of guys, though, that, that have come back, that, that come back in January, that, that have the ability to come in early and get time to acclimate, to get adjusted to the speed of the game, to get bigger, to get stronger, and it's a huge advantage for them to to have that extra time to prepare for a for you know a tough college season which yeah. is a lot different than a high school season. Like I I like everything you said and the reasons behind it, but ultimately I'm going with the schools themselves that benefit the most. Certainly the answer could be somewhere in the middle because there are benefits for the players as well. Look, if you're a player, the benefit's getting it out of the way. Look, some players yes. don't want to drag it out. And I mean we see, you know, some of your your higher profile um, athletes, they're, they're not going to sign early because... They want to milk it. They're going to milk it. They want to draw it out and get get all the attention. Not everybody wants that. There are a lot of people that just are, are kind of done with the situation. They're, they're done getting the text. They're done getting the phone calls. They want to be able to move on and have a little bit of peace of mind. So I can certainly understand going that way. The reason I say the schools may benefit more is that they, they have a better idea, and it really goes to, to stuff that you were just talking about from the player's perspective. It gives the school an, an earlier opportunity to be able to track that out, especially at a school like BYU. It's probably even more important because of the added layers that you yeah. talked about with the missions and if you're going to gray shirt, all of those things. I think it actually allows the coaching staff a better opportunity to map things out. Yep. And, and if you get these guys in, you, you have a, you have a, a quick, an earlier chance to be able to do that. So that's why I lean towards the school being able to benefit more. But again, the answer is probably in the middle because both sides benefit. Totally. And you 
look at a guy like Zach Wilson who who came in early, you know, it was an early enrollee and had that time to prepare to to play in spring ball, to get that uh that that uh experience with the team, it, it's it's invaluable. And if this were around when when I was in high school, I for sure would have taken the early signing because I knew what I wanted. I was yeah. ready to sign, I was ready to go. Granted, I knew I was a mission guy and it was a little bit different situation, but the uh the fact that these players had the opportunity to get it over with get going, get to the next step. Uh, it, it helps them and it helps the team and the coaches like it too because coaches don't want to spend more time recruiting than necessary. Yeah. So it's good for them to know that these guys want to be here, they're ready to sign, and that's all they need to know. Yeah, I, I, I think it's been a, a fantastic addition to, to college football, being able to have that, not not only for the reasons we talked about, but, you know, from a media perspective, you know, it gives us something to talk about in December with it. And then you have, obviously, the, the, the big finale coming up in February. Yep. So from that aspect, you can talk about it twice. Yep, it's good all around. Topic two, BYU will face Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl on Tuesday night. Man, it's coming up. I know, it's coming with, up. With a victory, the Cougars would end the 2019 college football season at 8-5 and five with wins over ranked teams like USC and Boise State. Question. Yes. Would a win in the Hawaii Bowl make 2019 the best season in the Satake era? This is one I, I, I gave a lot of thought to this, and I, I'm going to go with this. I don't think that it would. I, I believe the best season in the Kalani Satake era so far has been 2016, and that was Kalani's first year as head coach. And the biggest reason was that that team finished with nine wins. And, and just from a win-loss perspective, 2016 gets my vote over this year simply because you have one more victory. I mean, and I know it's not as simple as that. Like, I know BYU didn't have the wins over the ranked teams like they did this season. But if you go back to that 2016 team, the Cougars did beat three P5 teams, two of which were on the road. Plus, one of those teams was Mississippi State from the SEC. You beat an SEC team, and I understand they're not upper echelon SEC, but that, that was still a big deal. Plus, you had the win over Toledo, which was a really, really good team that year. You had Kareem Hunt on that roster. So to me, 2016 still BYU's best under Kalani Satake, regardless of what happens on Christmas Eve. And I agree with you. And let's not forget that I, I can say we, because yes, I was, cause I was on that on team. That, yes. And, I, and I, I was honored to uh, to take part in the ninth victory of that season in the bowl game yes. against against Wyoming, against Josh how Allen. Con- how were those conditions, by the way? Oh, just beautiful. <laughs> just n- n- no better condition to play a football game than sopping wet rain. All's well that ends well, right, Tanner? Yes, exactly. All's well that ends well. And let's not forget, they also beat Michigan State yep. that season. And I agree with you. And, and Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Kainakua, Fred Warner... Harvey Longy, yeah. I mean, all kinds of, of, of great players on that team. And nine wins, four losses, but those four losses came total margin of victory of eight points. Yeah. You know, it, Lost we, to Utah by one. We were that close yes. to having 10 or 11 wins. Yep. And, and, and that, oh, that, that Utah game was brutal. It was rough. <laughs> the, you know, the last two-point conversion. Okay, let's not talk Let's, about let's not relive it. it. Let's not go Anyways, there. the point is, as great as this season has been, with two huge wins against yeah. Boise State, USC, I think the disappointing losses to USF, Toledo, the, the inconsistencies that we've seen this season. Um, granted, the 2016 season was inconsistent at, at sure. times as well. We got off to a rough start. But I think I'm going to give that season as the, uh, the best season in the Sadaki era. Look, if you, if you look at the games played and the wins... Look, a case can certainly be made this year in terms of the bigger name wins because you're talking about wins, like you said, over ranked teams like USC and Boise State. You also had the win at Tennessee where you're able to come back. So in terms of the, the wins maybe fans will remember, like you, you may give the nod to this year. But, but again, I just boil down to 
a win today or win uh, in in the bowl game gives you eight. In 2016, you had you had nine. I I, I still think 2016 yep. so far would be the yes. better year because, like I said before, the losses were close and to good teams. Yeah. Whereas the losses this year were a little bit ugly and not to as high quality of right. opponents. All right, finally, topic number three. We're going to switch to BYU basketball. Cougars riding a three game winning streak right now. But beyond just the wins, they're on a streak of impressive numbers on both the offense and defensive side. Offensively, the Cougars are shooting the ball extremely well. BYU's hit at least 11 threes in six straight games. And then on defense, BYU's given up an average of only 52 points over the last three contests, which is just crazy. Crazy good, by the way. Tuesday on BYU Sports Nation, we had assistant basketball coach Chris Burgess on the program. And I asked him if the shooting or the defense is more sustainable long term. I was always told, like, there's times you're going to miss shots, but you can always guard. There's going to be times where you're feeling good and the ball just doesn't go in the hoop. You can always guard. And so I think, the, I think first of all, I think we're going to be, we always make shots. It's what we do. It's what Coach Pope's teams have always done. They've been in the top 50 every single year in three-point shooters. It's what we do. We space the floor and make shots. But we, we've had this identity since the first day we got here going into Europe of we've got to be able to defend. All right, so Tanner, in your opinion, what's more sustainable, BYU basketball shooting or their defense? Well, you know, in my vast years of basketball experience, I, I played basketball in high school. I agree 100% with what Coach Burgess said. Shooting, you're going to have cold nights. Yeah. Even the best shooters in the world, even in, in the NBA, teams are going to have off-night shooting. But you can't have an off-night defensively because defense – comes down to a mindset and just like what coach Burgess referenced coming into this season before they went to Europe in their offseason trip they harped on we have to be able to defend if we want to be successful this year we have to be able to defend not if we want to be successful this year we have to shoot lights out every night it's no we're, we're going to defend and that's what it comes down to is because the defense play, playing defense comes down to a decision it's a conscious decision that requires a lot of effort right it requires a lot of heart and coach Pope is going to always coach his teams to have heart and to have effort. That's just who he is as a person, and it's infectious, and he's going to transfer that over to his, to his players on the court. And, and we're seeing it. Not only have they shot well, but we're seeing some good defense as well, and that's going to be key because you know the shots aren't always going to be falling, but they can always choose to defend. Yeah, far be it for me to disagree with Coach Burgess, and I'm not. I agree with him 100%. Look, and, and you and I are on the same page in terms of the argument. The defense is the aspect I think is more sustainable. And, and let's be honest, though. Let's hope both keep happening. But like Chris said, if your shot isn't falling, that doesn't change the fact that you can always get back and play defense. Shooting is, is technique. It's rhythm. It's also based on how you're being defended. Yes, I mean, sometimes totally. some, that's, that's going to play a factor into it. But like you said, defense is a mindset. We're using the exact same word. It is a mindset. You can always play defense regardless of whatever else is happening in the game. I, I think that's the – look, and, and maybe to, to that degree where you're giving up – I mean, they've given up halves where they're giving up 20 points. I mean, that's crazy good. I, I don't know it, whether that's sustainable. I don't know, but you can certainly – you know, if you're giving up in the in the upper 30s, low 40s for a half, I, even that is is with BYU's offense is I think is going to be plenty for this team to continue to win. And especially when you look at the the teams that they'll be playing the rest of the year, they, they've you know they, they've dealt with some pretty tough non-conference opponents. Absolutely, and they've held their own. 
And now you look at the WCC, which is which is very, perhaps dare I say, winnable. I, granted, you know Gonzaga is always up there. It's almost an automatic, uh, you know, guarantee for Gonzaga to make it to the tournament. But St. Mary's, not BYU. BYU has a chance to really dominate this conference, season. and it's looked at as a three bid league right now, it, it, which is great, which is huge. That's a big deal, as we'll get into later. Yeah. But I think with the, the type of defense that they're playing, if they can keep that up. Shots will fall. They'll, 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 they'll keep shooting well, but they, they, if they can keep that up, they can really have a chance to do something special this year in the WCC. Yeah, I agree. Let's get to our question of the day. Uh, and going back to football for this one, we talked about this. Would a win in the Hawaii Bowl make 2019 the best season in the Satake area? Let's get to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response coming in on Twitter from at Shay Lauren C. Uh, he says and agrees with us, 2016 was Satake's best. Other years have been fun to get historic wins, uh, i.e. Camp Randall and Rocky Top. And in 2016, all of BYU's losses were close and all to P5 or Boise. Eight points from being 13-0 and <laughs> and historic win at Sparty. And again, look, Michigan State was not great that year, but I don't care. You go, you go at Michigan State and you get a win, that, that's a big deal in my book. So, I mean, Shea Lawrence agrees with everything yeah. you, and I, you and I said. That we're, we're going with 2016 for the best year so far. Also on Twitter, at Adam Wetton says, no, his first season was the best considering the four losses were by a total of eight points. Hash, or, uh, in parentheses, so close. Common theme. Yeah, exactly. But that was in big part thanks to Taysom and Jamal. And yeah, getting, getting Taysom back was a little bit of a surprise. And you having Jamal back for, for one more year, I mean, that was, that was a pretty potent offense. And, and we saw, again, with how close those games were, you know, a really good season that was nine wins could have been even better. Uh, just a couple of plays had gone a little different. You can join in by using the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And coming up, some more info on some of the later signees from yesterday. And he's in Studio B. He is JT for three. Jonathan Tavernari is going to join us. There he is. He, you can't see it right now, but I promise you he's thinking about shooting a three right now. <laughs> You still got there it is. The form is still there. JT joining us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation hits the road this week. Join Spencer and Jerem tomorrow as they broadcast live from the Waikiki Sheraton Resort in Honolulu for complete coverage of this year's Hawaii Bowl between BYU and Hawaii. We are so happy for them. Can't wait to see them in Hawaii <laughs> tomorrow. In the, uh, uh, I did hear that it may rain in Hawaii, and I'm not going to lie. Made me feel a little better. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Take that. We are live in Studio B. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Jason Shepard alongside Tanner Mangum. And we now welcome into the program once again. You know him. You love him. He is Jonathan Tavernari. How are you, JT? I'm not in Hawaii. <laughs> I can tell you that. That's something all three of us have you in know, common. Yeah. I mean, the basketball team went to Hawaii. I mean, I didn't go. And so, you know, I hope it rains every day, but the, you know, the day of the game. <laughs> yes. Jaron, there it is. I Rain hope it rains. leading up to the game. Yeah. And then once the game starts, the clouds go away. It's beautiful. Yes. BYU wins. Then it can mm-hmm. rain again. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think we got Thunderstorms. Yes. That, yes. <laughs> okay. So now this is actually something both of you could certainly answer, but... 
take take me through what a week like this is like because you have finals this week. Right. BYU basketball is preparing for a game. You have Christmas next week. How crazy is a week like this for a basketball player? Well, um, I think it's a little bit different for football, right? Because on the ball game, that's a really big deal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It would compare to an NCAA tournament yeah. where we didn't have finals. I mean, you know, we, we usually had finals after that. <clears throat> but it's, you know, definitely leading up to a situation like this, it's – it. I'm great, you know. I'm grateful that the student athlete building is there. Um, that the athletic department does things to support the athletes, because it is a tool, right? I mean, you have to practice, but practices aren't very extremely hard. But they're also not a walk in the park. Yeah. And but you also have to study. Um, some of the guys are in the business program. With that, it you know takes a toll on its own. Uh, I remember Ben Murdoch and, and Sam Burgess. We just eating books and I'm like playing video games. And, you know, like my <laughs> like honesty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're like accountings and that kind of kind of stuff. And, but it's, it, it, it's, um, I would say it, it's one of the, the hardest parts of being a student athlete. It's probably a balancing act, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. To make sure to make sure you can do both, but to give each side, it's, it's just due to make sure it gets the attention it needs. College. Yeah. College sports is a crash course in time management and compartmentalization. Because yeah. you have to go from one thing to the next and focus on one on practice and then focus on taking a final. I mean, I was in Las Vegas taking finals, uh, you know, in the hotel. They, they, have, they haven't proctored. It's, it's tough to balance it all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember when we were um, in Las Vegas and when we played Louisville and then we played North Carolina, um, the football team had just got done playing down there. And, you know, it's like around Thanksgiving time and, you know, the, the football teams are being closed, sealed in a room with like a couple of proctors walking around. <laughs> People think that just because you're a student athlete, oh, they probably have tutors taking tests for them. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> go sit around with A.J. Cafaro, you know, just sitting around like this. And lo and behold, if you look around to the side and peep something more like, hey, Tanner, pass me the water or something like that, it's – you know, it's something taken very seriously, and it's one of the reasons why BYU has one of the highest uh, graduation rates when it comes to student-athletes. Yeah. Take me through the last three games. What's impressed you the most about what you're seeing from this BYU basketball team? I think what, you know, what you guys are talking about the previous segment, what, you know, Chris talked about defense, you know, also their shooting, you can't deny it, you know. Um, I had a chance to be at the at the Vivint uh, the Vivint game. I, I have a hard time not saying the Delta Center. I'm sorry, but um, Energy you know, Solutions Arena, right? Yeah. And so it, it changes so much. But um, their game against Utah State was phenomenal. I thought they played really well. Um, I thought they did a really good job of balancing things when it came to attacking the zone, um, defending a seven footer. Right? I mean, if that kid gets his wits about him, he's going to be in the NBA. Yeah. And I thought Yoli. About yes, I thought Yoli. Um, I thought Dalton. I thought Kobe. Uh, even at, at times, even Zach did a phenomenal job boxing him out, keeping him off the boards. Um, but again, first half, TJ did what TJ does, right? I mean, I, I don't know if you guys agreed. I mean, I know you kind of, you know, expectations were crazy. And I always said that's been critical. But I think TJ is one of the most scrutinized players in BYU history. And you can you can yeah. relate to some of that, you know, having yeah. been the big man on campus and the football High player. Expectations. You know what I mean? And so I but, but TJ literally carried a team in the first half. Absolutely. Obviously then in the second half, Yoli came in, did his thing. Um Props to Alex, you know. Um, Huge three. In in Italy, we have a term that when you leave somebody that wide open, you're baptizing that person, right? <laughs> and there were a couple of times in that 1-3-1 one, one zone that they left Alex wide open. And he took one, 
took a second, didn't go in, kind of hesitated a little bit. But the way he took that last one to pretty much, you know, ice the game, props to him. Uh, then we had, you know, we heard Yoli say wonderful words about him, about being in the gym and working. And, I mean, you know, I yeah. mean, I, I'll never forget that, that Hail Mary pass. And it, it, for you to be able to get to those moments, you need to practice, yep. right? It doesn't just happen overnight. A lot of preparation. So long-term now in this season, what do you think is like, more likely to continue, the stellar shooting or the, uh, the defense? I mean, it's Christmas, right? Can I wish for both yes, of us? Yes, yes, you can. Right, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, you know, you can't control how many points you score. You can't control how hard you play on defense. Right. I mean, defense is just a matter of you being alert. Um, you're going to have off shooting nights. You know, you're going to have the cold hand or, or per se. But it's all about balancing the, the defensive act of communication, which they're doing a really good job at right now. Um, however, mm-hmm. if they sustain um, that level of shooting, going back to your point, this basketball team should dominate the WCC. I don't think there has been. Uh, a BYU team that has been more poised to make a run at Gonzaga. And actually, like you said, it's wide open, you know, and kind of get that WCC championship than this team right here. And imagine if you had a healthy Gavin Baxter dad to it. You know what? And I said that, and, and this is no knock on Jesse, who is a phenomenal player, and I can't wait for him to get back. But if this team had Gavin, because Gavin is almost that guy that affects the game but never needs the ball. Mm-hmm. Because he is not going to, you're not going to give him the ball to post up or play one on one, or for instance, put him on the post like with you know you can do with Yoli or you can do with Jake or let him play a pick and roll like with TJ. But Gavin is a guy that affects the game on rebounds, on blocking shots, on altering shots, on putbacks. And can you imagine the way Kobe is playing, the way Dalton's playing? Yep. But there's also you know the double edged sword because if Gavin and then would Dalton have the breakout season that he's having? Would Kobe have yeah. had the space to Good develop point. as much as he is? Right. We'll never know. Um, but that makes, if you're looking also for the future, it makes you excited because you have a base of Alex coming back. You have Connor Harding that's really coming to his own. I love his game. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Gavin coming back. You have Kobe and you have Trevin. I mean, you have a lot of guys that kind of, will have that experience under their belt. And, I mean, you know this better than anybody. It's when you have that one year under you, yeah. the second one, you're like, hey, you're not looking around and I can get playing time. That gives you a chip on your shoulder. Former BYU basketball star Jonathan Tavernari joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Up next for the Cougars, Weber State Saturday night at the Marriott Center. It's a team that BYU historically has, has dominated. Uh, we'd certainly expect BYU to win the game, although Weber State got the win last year. It's one of those weird kind of head-scratching losses last year up in, up in Ogden. What do you want to see from the Cougars Saturday night against the Wildcats? Do you remember the Boise State game this season? Yeah, yes. I want to see the opposite of that, <laughs> you know, because it it was a game where BYU was highly favored. I mean, I know it was just a couple of points or whatever, but you couldn't compare putting this team that just be Houston. Yeah, coming off the Houston win. You know what I mean? And so I want to see the opposite of that. I want to see them come in, and I used to tell them, I want to make sure that the main guys don't play the last 15 minutes. Come in and beat the living heavens out of them, run them off the court, put on a show for the fans for the first 20 minutes, and just get up by 15. By the first TV timeout in the second half, they're up 20, 25. Boom. Get the young guys in. Get them some reps because, hey, again, with test, you know, testing week is here. Conference is just about to start. And so, yeah. and again, they want everybody healthy. Give the little guys that haven't gotten much playing time, 
Give them a little taste. You know, let them get their feet wet. And so, again, uh, I just want to see the opposite of what happened at Weber, uh, excuse me, at Boise State. Because, again, with Boise State, BYU came in. It's like, yeah, we're coming <laughs> off this hype. We had a great win in Houston. And Boise, again, defensively against Boise, it worked really well. Offensively, it wasn't very good. Um, but again, what we've seen from that team, and it, it's crazy how you can improve so much in a season, right? It, that Boise State game sounds like it was forever yeah. ago. Yeah. And you see how the players have, dev- have improved, you know, Kobe himself. Um, you look how having Yoli back on the team, and it looks like the guys are, I won't say that weren't buying so much on what the coaching staff are saying, but they are starting to like, yeah, uh, this guy, Mark, he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And these yep. back doors and these defensive schemes, yeah, it looks like, you know, this Pope knows what he's doing. And that's what you want because that's going to be the key for them to, again, my, expect- my expectation is no no uh, knock on Derek Dawes who kind of run things, a former teammate of mine at Weber State, but we need to run them off the court and put them away so you can get ready for conference. Okay, so aside from that, what do you want for Christmas this year, JT? Um, a man that has everything, yeah. So, <laughs> so one of my really good friends uh, just got hired to work at Nike, and so <laughs> what I want for Christmas is an unlimited uh, supplies of <laughs> Nike shoes, size 14s. So uh, that Santa, uh, Christmas came early. Look, he's right here. Thank you, Santa. No guarantees. No guarantees. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Coming up. Lopini Katoa tells Spencer Linton why this bowl game means a lot to him. And BYU football's 1980 Holiday Bowl win makes history again. That's next in the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Hoops hosts Weber State on Saturday night. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio and at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Keep it rolling on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back in, Jason Shepard and Tanner Mangum. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU signed an additional four recruits after we went off air yesterday. They are defensive lineman Tui Pelotu Lai, defensive lineman Alex Muti, offensive lineman Isaiah Tupo, and defensive lineman Josh Larson. BYU's 1980 Holiday Bowl win over SMU ranked number seven in the top 25 games in bowl history. That according to Chris Vanini. And by the way, today is the anniversary of that game. 39 years ago today was BYU's big win over SMU. Women's basketball. Women's basketball beat San Jose State 75-56 in the Maui Invitational last night. The Cougars, now 5-4, will take on number 4 Oregon State tonight at 12.30 a.m. Eastern, 10.30 p.m. Pacific on the BYU Radio and BYU Cougars app. Athletics News. BYU ranked 4th in the Learfield IMG College Directors' Cup after a 5th-place finish in soccer, 2nd-place finish in women's cross-country, and a 1st-place finish in men's cross-country. And we we mentioned this earlier, one of the reasons this is is so important and so impressive is this takes into account the entire athletic department. It's not just one single sport. So it, it, it definitely shows you where BYU's athletic department is. Jimmer! Jimmer Fredette and Elijah Bryant will meet on the court overseas tonight as Panathinaikos hosts Maccabi Tel Aviv. Ah, the big battle between Jimmer <laughs> and Elijah. All right, we've referenced this a couple of times. Yesterday, we'd gone over in detail some of the early signees 
for the 2020 BYU football recruiting class, but not all of the guys had officially committed when we went off the air yesterday. And even though, you know, we, you may necessarily see some people tweet until it's official, uh, you can't really comment on anybody. So we wanted to go over the four signees that officially signed after yesterday's BYU Sports Nation, and we've referenced a few already. We're going to start with the offensive lineman, Isaiah Tupo, uh, listed right now at 6'3", 316 out of Sacramento, California, uh, Grant Union High School. And this is a uh, this is a program that is sending a lot of, uh, of offensive linemen uh, into uh, into the college ranks. He's a three-star prospect, played both uh, the offensive and defensive line, uh, recruited by Arizona, Utah, UCLA, and Oregon State. And the one thing that was mentioned about uh, Isaiah was he is he is nasty. He's got a mean streak. He was an interior guy in high school. He will be a mission first kid. Uh, the primary recruiter, no surprise, Eric Mateos, the the uh, offensive line coach. And this was a, a player that Utah reportedly wanted really bad. Uh, and, and BYU got him. So, look, BYU, the offensive line, it's so important to everything. Look, it's important to every school, obviously. But with what BYU wants to do, it really does all start up front. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you see 6'3", 316 <laughs> as a quarterback, I, I get giddy. And we'll probably get bigger. Uh, yeah, and he'll get stronger. Because he's, he's a mission first, so he'll come back and yeah, probably so add more weight. Coming back from the mission will be tough, but the strength and conditioning staff will get him up to speed. And just the fact that Utah wanted him so bad and, and BYU <laughs> wins, that always makes you happy. There's, that's always a plus. All right, a couple of defensive linemen. Tui Pelotu Lai, and, and apparently they call him Tui. Uh, defensive lineman, 6'3", uh, 250. He's probably bigger than that. He's from uh, Lahaina High School, or excuse me, Lahaina Luna High School in Lahaina, Hawaii. Three-star prospect. Uh, played defensive tackle and defensive end. Um, they they described him as big boned with wide hips. Uh, <laughs> Great description. It's one of those things that if you say that in the real world, it sounds really weird. But with, but with football but linemen, with, it's okay. With football recruiting, it's it's completely. And here's another here's another uh, phrase that works great in recruiting. Lots of upside. That's a great buzzword, upside. Lots of recruiting and drafts. You hear that upside. Yes. Uh, a non-LDS athlete, he is Catholic, and he's somebody that they expect to report in August. Another defensive lineman, and this is a defensive end, Alex Muti, uh, another three-star recruit. Uh, he was uh, All-State first team uh, and the Defensive Player of the Year as a junior. He lettered in track and field, uh, participated in the shot put and the discus. Uh, other teams that looked at him, Boise State, Hawaii, Oregon, Oregon State, Weber State, and Utah State, and the the words that come out about him, uh, we were told super athletic, nasty, very physical, uh, tough, aggressive guy, pretty twitchy. That's probably another one of those buzzwords. Yes. Uh, currently between 205 and, and 210, uh, so certainly probably add a little more uh, a little more weight to him, but you know this is a, this is another guy that uh, look on the lines. You hear words like physical and aggressive. That's exactly what you're looking you for. Know, what's not a buzzword is 17 sacks, <laughs> yeah. and that's what that's what he had in one season. And anytime you can put up that kind of production, shows that you have a lot of upside. Yeah, and, lot, and yes. you can never have too much depth on the defensive line and the defensive ranks. Those guys sub in a lot, and so these guys will have an opportunity whether they enroll right away or, or after their mission. A lot of freshmen get a lot of opportunities to potentially contribute um, you know, from, from day one. So you know, it'll be great to see how these guys come in and adjust. You know what you never hear? You never hear somebody has downsize. 
You never have somebody come. You know, like we expect downside. this guy to get really bad. He's maxed out yeah, on he's, his potential. Like we, he he's, is <laughs> can only go down from here. So yeah, he's upside, really good now, but we don't think he'll yeah, get better. Exactly. Upside. It's a buzzword, but look, it means that they have faith in you that that your best football or whatever sport you play uh, is yet to come. And typically in football, it has to, has a lot to do with size. Sure. Because a lot of high schoolers. Seniors in high school, they're still growing into their bodies. They're still not at their at their at their peak, right? And so, with knowing with uh, with what goes into the strength and conditioning program, they know a lot of guys are going to put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle and really get to the size that, that they need to be to uh, to reach their potential. And so, anytime you hear that, uh, obviously, there's a lot of faith and optimism that goes into every recruit. But uh, you know, I think there's a lot of great recruits, and these, especially these four here, yeah. that are going to have a great opportunity to contribute. Yeah, one more defensive lineman, Josh Larson, six four two thirty, out of Woods Cross High School in Woods Cross, Utah. Uh, another three star recruit, forty eight tackles, five sacks, one INT, two fumble recoveries as a senior. Comes from uh, a BYU family. His dad Jim was a pitcher for the Cougars. His mom was a Cougarette. Did play uh, basketball in high school. Uh, looked at by Utah, Utah State, and. Weber State, and the one thing about this guy we were told is he is an absolute gym rat. He he, and, and maybe he's too much of a gym rat. We were told the story that you know he may work out earlier in the day, and then after dinner want to go back to the gym and have another workout. So th- this may be a guy that's like you know just super athletic, and and currently right now two forty five. So he's two forty five right now at six four. That's impressive. It's a great size. And, you know, let's not discredit his mom being in a cougarette. Yeah. Hey, those cougarettes are athletic. They, <laughs> they can move. They have the— Come from good stock. Yes, exactly. And so, hey, the, you know, the, 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 the dad being a pitcher, the mom being a cougarette, there's some good genes there. Plus, he's obviously got a great size and frame already. Yeah. Who knows what he could uh, what he could do when he when he's here? Yeah. So those are the four names that now are officially committed to BYU that we weren't able to get to yesterday. Wanted to make sure that uh, that we gave them uh, the, their uh, their time to shine. Yes. Here. Give credit where credit's yeah, due. Absolutely. Here on BYU Sports Nation. A question of the day: Would a win in the Hawaii Bowl make 2019 the best season? In the Satake era, you can join us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. This one on Twitter from uh, MD Palm Dog says, nah, the best is always the next. Mm, sounds like so, something, maybe something, upside? Upside. You know, there's something that Tom Brady always says. What's, what's my, uh, my, my favorite championship? The next one. I like it. Always, always pushing forward. forward. Yes. On, on to Cincinnati. I like it. MD Pal M Dog. MD Palm Dog. <laughs> All right. What's coming coming up? up, We play Big Deal, No Deal. Is it a big deal that the WCC could be a three-bid league? Interesting. And Lopini Katoa on why he's looking forward to the Hawaii Bowl. He talks with Spencer Linton. It's coming up on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Women's Hoops takes on nationally ranked, number four ranked Oregon State tonight in the Maui Classic. Join Spencer Linton on the call at 12.30 a.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Welcome back in to BYU Sports Nation. He is Tanner Mangum. I'm Jason Shepard. And 
Coming up next, Lopini Katoa. He's back at the top of the running back depth chart for the BYU football team. Katoa has rushed 74 times this season for 319 yards and four TDs. And he heads into next week's bowl game as the Cougars' second leading rusher this season behind Sione Finau. Unfortunately, Sione got hurt. He's going to miss, obviously, a major chunk of next season. Before he set off for Hawaii, our very own Spencer Linton talked with Lopini in our all-access interview. Lopini, how would you explain the last two weeks between balancing football, bowl game preparation, and finals at BYU? Uh, it's a grind. I, it's, it's crazy. Like you got to be on top of it, um, but it's all worth it in the end. So, I don't know, just being able to keep the game in mind, you know, keep Hawaii in mind, getting me through finals week. Aside from football, what are you looking forward to most about making the trip out to Hawaii? I think just being able to, to know that my tests are done, like have that relief to know like I just get time to to spend with uh, my brothers and the seniors just the last time to be with them uh, to enjoy it out in a in paradise it's gonna be really fun I know that uh, several of your teammates have used the phrase locked in because of what happening at San Diego State for the bowl game what does that mean to you being locked in for Hawaii I think just uh just I, I feel like we're just really hungry you know just um is my best way of explaining it just knowing that we we let one get away from us that, you know, we all felt like we should have had. Um, and that's on all phases of the game. And so everybody's, you know, locked in, like you said, to, to get those things right. How do you balance the distractions or potential distractions of the islands, the beaches, all the fun things about Hawaii and making it uh, a quote-unquote business trip? Yeah, I think uh, Coach Sataka is doing a great job of, of putting that in our hearts and our minds. From day one of, of when we figured out we're going to go to Hawaii, he's just told us, like, you know, we're going out there to win a game. That's the first thing. That's the most important thing is to, to get a win. So we all have that mindset. What do you know about Hawaii's defense and what they're going to try and do to slow down the BYU offense? Uh, they're uh, physical defense, um, familiar with, like, their schemes from last year, but they, they're an improved team, I feel like, and um, they showed good things on film. Um, but I feel like we, we match up well against them. Um, if we play like we can, I think we'll have a, a good day on offense. How different or how much better is their defense this year compared to what you saw last year? Uh, I feel like they're, it, it shows on film just like how much they've improved. Um, last year they, they came into Provo um, pr- pretty well too. You know, they were good defense and, and we did good against them. So I think the biggest thing for us is just you know, no matter what to expect, we got to play our best um, because if we're, we're at our best, then we really have nothing to worry about. How would you sum up the collective running backs group right now in terms of health and being ready to go for the bowl game? Uh, we have, you know, a lot of guys who are ready to go, um, and really in practice and in meetings, just noticing like we have more able bodies than, than really ever. Like you know, with longer time, more people can heal up, and so we're going to have guys to be able to to do what we want. Really, let's start with you. How are you feeling, and how close to 100% are you at this point in the season? I'm good. Like I, I was just thinking today, like this time last year. I was just trying to recover from a knee injury, so I feel really blessed. I feel really healthy, and so I'm just excited to leave it all on the field in Hawaii. Now, because you are healthy this time around, um, how do you not, and maybe this isn't a phrase that I should use, but how do you not psych yourself out for an opportunity like this? I think just, uh, I don't know, just not overthinking it, um, taking it one day at a time. I know if I take care of the little things like nutrition, sleep, um, treatment, all those things, that I'll be fine. So those are just, just sticking to the basics, really. Who else is with you in the running backs room that uh, you expect to play against Hawaii? Uh, so we got Tyler Algier, um, 
Emmanuel um, is looking pretty good, uh, being able to, to return. And then Jackson, um, we got uh, Al- Alec Meza as well. Everybody's ready to go. So we have uh, a lot of bodies. <laughs> That sounds good to a lot of BYU fans and to you, I'm sure. Uh, Emmanuel Isupa is the name that you bring up that he, he's been uh, working through some injuries. What have you seen from uh, Soup that makes you think he'll be good to go in Hawaii? Uh, I just see, like, it was kind of, you know, just I'm not really sure like, exactly how it's all going with him, but, you know, he was running around today, looked good. It's just good to have him back out there. He's a good leader. Um, he's a physical presence. Uh, he's he's dominant player, so it's going to be exciting to see him go. What would eight wins this season mean to this program and when you try and uh, look at taking an overall step forward as a program? Uh, I think, you know, overall, like you said, that, that would be a step forward from last year. Um, knowing that we could have, you know, had more. We were, like, right there with a lot of the games, um, with our strength of schedule to get eight wins. I, I think a lot of people didn't think we would have that many wins um, at the beginning of the season. So, you know, it's... It's it's awesome, but at the same time, you know, we, we're hungry for more. Like eight is all good and everything, but we want to, you know, be double digits. We want to have that next step. It's pretty wild for me to think about the exchange we had following the tough loss to USF in Tampa after that game. Standing now where we are, including a five-game win streak. Um, what's been the biggest difference for BYU football turning things around this season? I think just uh, you know, like you mentioned for our bowl game. Just the mentality switch, just being locked in, like really understanding that you know everything matters that we're doing. Um, the little things matter. If we let them slip, then we're gonna have the feeling that we had walking off of you know the field in Florida, and and that sick feeling is something we don't want to deal with anymore, and and definitely not something we want to feel out in Hawaii. So that's just our mindset. All right, Lopini, to finish up a couple of things. One, Melikalikimaka. And uh, two, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, not just for the football game, but for your finals, man, to get through. Appreciate it. Thank you. Congratulations on a great season. Look forward to a big-time bowl game. Thank you. I don't know if you're in the same boat. You mentioned Christmas movies. I can't hear Meli Maka without thinking of uh, Christmas Vacation. I, I just think of the song. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. But it, yeah, yeah, and that's why, because it's in that movie. That's why, for some reason, I, that I have completely associated with, uh, with Christmas Vacation. He's got to keep working on that line. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> By Rise and Shout Out. And we play Big Deal, No Deal, which includes a concerning stat of the day. Oh, yeah, that's a tease. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. The show is also available anytime on demand via BYU TV and BYU radio apps. How about we play Big Deal, No Deal? Let's do it. Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal brought to you by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. All right, Tanner, our first Big Deal, No Deal. BYU football signing 13 guys on early signing day. That's a big deal. 13, that's, that's a good amount of people, good amount of players that are ready to commit, ready to come get to work, and uh, coaches don't, don't have to worry about spending more time recruiting. <laughs> yeah. They've already got yep. a, a good solid chunk of their recruiting class taken care of. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I think it's a big deal, and, and I'm not sure ultimately by the time February rolls around, you know, the number of, of 
recruits that, that BYU ultimately wants to have in this class. But I agree with you, having 13 already committed, signed, on the dotted line, takes a lot of stress off of the coaches. And, and we talked earlier, it takes some stress off of the players, too, to finally have that taken care of. But yeah, I think, I think it's a big deal to have that many guys locked up this early. Shows that they want to be here. Absolutely. All right, number two, our next big deal, no deal, is also our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Courtesy of our good friend Greg Rubel, Hawaii is top 10 nationally in both fourth down attempts and conversions. And BYU ranks tied for 69th and tied for 90th, respectively. Tanner, is that a big deal or no deal? For this game, no deal. Okay. Not a big deal. I'm not, I'm not too worried about fourth down conversions or fourth down attempts because uh, I, I don't think it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down. The, you know, Hawaii is obviously an aggressive, more uh, down the field passing game. And sure, they're going to go for it. But I like Kalani Sitake and Eliza Tuiaki. I like, I like what they're going to be able to do against this Hawaii defense. They're going to they're going to bring some interesting packages, mix things up, make Cole McDonald think. Yeah. And I don't think the fourth down conversions and attempts are going to really uh, affect this game too much. Look, I agree with you that I, I expect the defense to mix things up uh, against Cole McDonald. It's, it's what we saw last year when they were here, and, and it worked it worked out well. I, I think it is a big deal, just because you you there, there's not a there's not a down like we got to hold them for three and then they'll punt. I mean that, that's an extra down you're going to have to play for, and and you just never know when when some. When a team has that much success, you go into those situations. A lot of teams don't do a lot of fourth down attempts and conversions. So, you know, they're not as confident in their skills in that situation. When you've got a, a team like this that's top 10 in going for it and then converting, that, that means that that's a, it's a very confident offense. So I, I think it is a big deal. All right, number three, big deal, no deal. Speaking of three, three WCC teams in the Ken Palm Top 40. Huge deal. Yeah. It's big time. I, I, it's not really a huge deal or no deal, but I get what you're saying. I think, you know, to have Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU all in the top 40 shows that the strength of schedule is better, that the conference is looking better, you know, the, the, at least the top half of it. And uh, that helps BYU's chances of getting into the NCAA tournament. Even if they don't win the conference tournament, they can be an at-large bid. And uh, it's, it's been a long time since, yeah. since BYU's been in the top 40, yeah. Ken Palm. So this is a big deal. You know what? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm even going huge deal. It's a huge deal because normally... The WCC is a one or two bid league. The fact that right now uh, you've got a lot of publications saying that we you've got three in the WCC, I think it's a big deal. Question of the day: Would a win in the Hawaii Bowl make 2019 the best season in the Satake area? Let's get to our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. It is at, at C underscore or CL underscore Living on Twitter. No, but it is the best present I hope Santa can deliver on Christmas Eve. Time for our rising shout outs. Who you got today? My rising shout out, Tyson Hutchins, one of the best content creators here at BYU, moving on to the next step in his career. He's an amazing guy, amazing talent, and all the best to him in his next step. Yeah, mine's going to go to uh, women's volleyball seniors, Mary Lake and McKenna Miller, once again getting All America recognition. This is now, by the way, the sixth year in a row that multiple Cougars have been named All Americans with BYU women's volleyball. Unreal. That's great. Thanks to our guests today, Jonathan Tavernari and Lopini Katoa. Conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Tanner, I'm Jason. Shout out to Homer Jones. Sports Nation live from Hawaii tomorrow. Go Cougs.